Both king and queen wore glittering costumes and were heavily bejeweled. It is easy to understand how one observer compared the dazzling scene to the opera, lacking only lamps and chandeliers. For once, however, it was Louis XVI who literally outshone Marie Antoinette, even if he walked with a waddle that inevitably contrasted with the celebrated grace of the queen. The king wore cloth of gold scattered with brilliants, and the great white diamond known as the Regent, which he had worn at his coronation. The name derived from the Regent Duc d'Orléans, under whose auspices the Crown of France had acquired it in 1717. The king also sported the diamond sword made for him five years previously, new diamond buttons, diamond shoe buckles, and diamonds on his garters. All this was in addition to the ornamentations he wore, denoting the Order of the Golden Fleece and the Order of the Saint-Esprit. The Queen, for her part, shimmered in cloth of silver, the moon to the King's sun. In her hair she wore another costly diamond, perfectly flawless and brilliant, known as the Sancy, and on her person a series of other diamonds, including those called the De Guise and the Mirror of Portugal, with vast drops of single gems. These were known as the Fifth and Sixth Mazarins, because the English Queen, Henrietta Maria, born a Princess of France, had sold them to Cardinal Mazarin in the time of her misfortunes. The Queen, however, did not wear a necklace. Unfortunately, once the service began in the Church of St. Louis, the sermon given by the Bishop of Nancy recalled to the minds of the spectators, whether royalties or deputies, how much of this brave show was mere camouflage for the ugly situation. The bishop saw his chance and took it, contrasting the luxury of the court with the sufferings of the poor in the countryside. The queen merely drew in her lips in that disdainful expression that would become increasingly familiar in the time to come. The king, on the other hand, dealt with the issue in his own way by falling asleep. When he awoke, he was to find the bishop's audience applauding vigorously, something that had never been known to happen before in a church where the blessed sacrament was exposed. The next day, the eleven hundred-odd deputies met together in the Salon of the Menu Plaisir within the Chateau of Versailles. Marie Antoinette, on this occasion, wore white satin with a violet velvet mantle and train and a simple diamond aigrette in her hair. She sat on a throne to the left of that of the king and below it. The princesses were ranged beyond her, and the princes to the right of the king's throne. The queen carried a huge fan. Madame de la Tour du Pin, who was sitting uncomfortably with the other ladies of the court on backless benches, noticed that she fanned herself in an almost compulsive way, as though deeply agitated. 